Hey, brewery lovers. Richard here with the DC Beer Show, as always with my good friend. Adam. Although it's not always, is it? No, it's not always. Yeah, I lied about that. Many times it is. Often with my good friend Adam. Uh, We're in Frederick, Maryland at the Midnight Run Brewing Company, and uh, we're really excited to be here. Uh, We're with both of the owner brewers, uh, Rich Cobble. Hello. And Brent Turner. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Thank you guys for joining us. Let us come up here and do this. Uh, Midnight Run, you guys are about a year old now, right? In terms of being open to the public. Two years. Two years? years. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary. Congratulations. Two weeks ago. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, But you have a much, much, much longer history in terms of history together, history brewing. So let's just dive right in and, and get started with that. Like, How long have you two known each other? A real long time. Oh, for time. a long time. Our families go back pretty far. Yeah? Yeah. You're local to around here? Um, I grew up in Germantown and moved to Damascus for high school, where he's lived yep. lived all his life, I guess. Right. So, yeah. Yep. And our sisters. We've got a lot of family connections, like Richard and his wife graduated high school with my older sister, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Richard's younger sister is a really close friends with one of my other older sisters, and he has three but, older sisters. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there, there's a whole bunch of family right, right, connections right. that we can right. get into, but right. um, but that's like since you were kids, kind of thing, right? Uh, teenagers, high teenagers, for yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. That's cool. You know, he's eight years younger than I am. So. Ah, okay. Wow. So I graduated right. with his oldest sister. Right. Eight years. <laughs> eight years. But that's, but eight years difference is like sure, okay. That's sure. a. Yeah. That's a. That's like you guys weren't in high school together at no, the same time. Sure. Just no, for no, no. But that's cool. No. But that's cool. So how long? How long were you home brewing before you decided? We've to been a brewery. brewing together for seven years now, something like that. I feel like I say seven years every time I'm asked a question. Yeah. but it's two years later now. So I, I mean, it's been it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. But I I ran into Richard here in Frederick actually at Wine Kitchen, um, about seven or eight years ago. Um, and that's kind of where we like we had reconnected with each other, and he was homebrewing at that point. And right. he he's like, "Yeah, man, you got to come over and like check it out and see what we're doing." I was um, bottling beers that next yeah. like that next week, so I was like, "You got to come check it out. I got a whole bunch of beer we can drink, and you know." So that's kind of like where our connection in brewing started, but his started well before that. I mean, he he kind of introduced me to mm. craft beer. Um, I've been brewing probably five or six years before before that mm. wow so i put you like 15 years now more mm. God, i feel like it's like 13 or 14 yeah still but yeah, like yeah, a long yeah, time yeah cool yeah. cool it's been Very a while cool. yeah it's wow, a great five so years brewing and you're this still is a super bottling. rewarding hobby you know oh yeah it is yeah, there's know. no question everybody everybody know everybody listening to this podcast knows mm. <laughs> it's like if you can't brew yourself and some of some of us camp for various reasons. It's good to know homebrew. Right, <laughs> right, you get sure. to drink really fantastic beer when everybody you know brews, even if you can't. So, yeah. So he had been brewing for a long time, and I remember coming over that first night, and he was just bottling a batch of beer. And while bottling, bottling is like the easiest as a homebrewer. It's like the easiest thing you do in the process of making beer because it's the less time, least time consuming, and. I don't know. Probably the least. It can be super dirty. tedious, though. It is tedious, well, uh, for yeah. sure. Tedious. Unless you're doing 22 dirty, ounce bottles, yeah, it you can, know. It, it can. Um, but I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, we're, we're bottling easiest, beer. It's the easiest thing for somebody new to, well, yeah, to you for know. Sure. And, right. But if you have someone helping you, then it's definitely uh, a it makes, lot easier. It makes it a lot sure. easier. So we, yeah. we were sampling his beers, and, um, you know, he just talked about, like, the idea of, like, having a brewery and, 
kind of what he wanted to do with with beer at that point. And it's like just a, a very much a dream, though, you know. Yeah, Not. yeah, but but kind of like uh, yep. it, it it set in my mind though, like oh, this is cool, and like so you know that one night turned into like another couple weeks later when he was brewing again, came over for a brew, and then eventually we were brewing like doing something every week. Um, right. Awesome, yeah. And our beer, our, our homebrew uh, system scale went from like 10 gallons to it grew exponentially 15 yeah. to 20 <laughs> to this, this is our old um homebrew setup right there so oh, wow. one barrel so system. one barrel right yeah wow we're keeping it for yeah. posterity yeah Brent may make tables out of them eventually <laughs> who drank sure. all the beer when you had a one barrel system oh we, well i drank a lot of it <laughs> our friends and family benefited very much yeah. you know no i bet i mean all my neighbors because we brewed in my garage all my neighbors like as soon as the garage door went up that they, they were just <laughs> they did, you know, they, my house is, you know, you drive down the road, see the garage is up, you know, see. Right. So you had growlers. Brent and I looking hours. like we're breaking bad. <laughs> exactly. Boots <laughs> exactly. so, soaking wet with like, you know, yeah. brewing one of my, stuff. One of my neighbors seriously questioned what we were doing. <laughs> like, like really? Yeah. Like, like, uh, just like, and Breaking Bad was like super big back at that time, you know? So, yeah, yeah, I guess I would, yeah. that would time right. Yeah. Wow. Big, big stainless <laughs> drums. Exactly. <laughs> yep. You guys in like uh, coveralls and rubber yeah. boots. Well, yeah. Not, well, not necessarily coveralls. But still, but, like, yeah. Y'all yeah, look like y'all were up exactly. to something. Yeah. <laughs> we, did, we definitely had knee high boots that were, yeah, prevented our jeans from getting soaked. So, what did it take? To get the, like, like it was, it, so Adam talks about opening a brewery all the time. Oh, oh yeah. And, and his wife who you met, who's, who's out, who's out there is not going to let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> what was y'all's journey from, from the, like brewing in the garage and like, okay, ha, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's open a place. And, and, and one interesting part of that I want to hear, cause I talked to a lot of brewers is like, sometimes it's, a, it's a 10 year process. I mean, it's we know kind of the timeline, but in a lot of cases, there's a lot of talk, and then it's hard to get it done. So, t- tell us a little bit about that journey to, to open the doors here. Well, Brent is uh, super persistent and super uh, motivated, uh, so I got to give a lot of credit for him to him for pushing us forward. You know, from from dream stage to reality. Yeah, it was it was kind of you know as I mentioned the first time, Richard was like, "Yeah, I want want to have a brewery one day, maybe." You know the you know the sky's the limit kind of thing right. with beer and he was doing awesome like excellent beer so i was like this is this is super cool so like several years into it we're like man we're we're working really hard brewing a lot of beer like we should should think about getting licensed and like actually open a place so um it had kind of grown out of control yeah it was, I mean, it was like time to do it or not to do it right, right. yep and then yeah. we did the Maryland Craft Beer Festival, yep. where you got it hooked up for us to do the uh, breweries and planning. Oh, let's Seems talk like, about that. Yeah, because well, Adam was interested in that, so I'm going to turn it over to him. But I want to—he wanted to talk more about the breweries and planning program okay. and and sure. how that and how you guys work with that and how that helped. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my understanding is you worked with that and helped get it started. Right. Um, so, the Brewers Association of Maryland is a. Uh, a huge um, advocate, obviously, for Maryland beer, and they um, do a lot for Maryland breweries. And back when, uh, you know, the Maryland Beer Festival was on the creek, 
Um, it still is. I mean, but back when we first kind of heard about it, and when I was thought that? it when this was four years yeah, ago, something now? like that. Because how many Probably of those did we do before we finally opened okay. two? It was, I think, yeah, we did two because we opened we like right, right after, after that yeah. last one. Yeah. So um, I had heard something about like the Frederick Original Ale Makers, like the local homebrew club. They like, go by foam. The foam. Yeah. Oh, foam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they they did something with the Brewers Association, I thought, or for some festival in the creek where they were able to pull a permit to be able to sell or at least serve their beer. So I contacted the Brewers Association. I said, hey, we're not a licensed brewery, but we are intending to open a brewery. And at that point, we had been like starting to formulate our business plan and things like that. So I emailed them to say, well, we don't have anything in place right now, but we'll look into it. We'll get back to you. They looked into it with the, the state and the city as far as permitting goes, and they were able to pull a permit that would allow a brewery and planning to come and serve. Basically give brew. away samples, right? Yeah. Yep. So, nice. so basically that turned into like it was just us at first, and then they were like, oh, this is a great idea. We're going to offer this to any other brewery and planning in Maryland. And I think our first year, like Kushwa may have been there. Um there are a number of other, there's probably four breweries and planning mm, that's um, that were there yeah. with us. And it kind of turned into, I think they still do it. I Yeah, they did it last they, year. They did it, yeah. yeah. I, so it turned into something pretty cool. Um, and that for sure was like a, a huge step for us because we worked really hard, brewed a lot of beer for the beer festival. And it was actually an attraction for the beer festival because people were like, ah, oh, these are like the breweries that we haven't heard of yet. Right. Um, so we you, we were pretty busy at the festival. We were successful at the festival um, as far as gave a lot of samples out and got some pretty good response from people. Had a lot of strong beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We yeah. So um, going through that event and, and kind of having like some validation to what we were doing was like, okay, well, that's, this is cool. Like, let's keep going with this. Yeah. Um, so we kind of turned that and it just kind of like – snowballed into snowballed very slowly into what it is <laughs> now. Snowball, we're, right? we're a very slow right. snowball but all right well i'm gonna ask one more question and then i want to start talking about the beer mm -hmm. uh and i know adam wants to start talking about the beer too but um give us the origin of the name of, of your brewery Midnight it's kind Night. of an ode to bootlegging and the oh. fact that we were always, um, you know, brewing after our real jobs, you know, mm -hmm. so we wouldn't start brewing until, you know, five or six o'clock in right. the evening. And so, so go that to midnight, goes yeah. past midnight, you yeah. know, and then when we were bottling late at night too, you know, we'd be filling these, you know, cases of beer and, you know, half would go in my basement, the other half would go in his car. <laughs> at, like, at like three in the morning. <laughs> there was a night where we were up until like three in the morning and... Richard and I were like putting cases of beer into the back of my car and like I was on the midnight run home, you know, kind of like <laughs> on the way home. That's, yeah, that's pretty funny. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Before we move to the beer, though, the big question, Brent, is when did he start getting you to help do the cleaning up for the home brewing? <laughs> oh, that was, yeah, that was immediately. Like immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get somebody to help you yeah. clean. Well, sure. The beauty of it is that you can't be a part of the brewing unless you're contributing to the cleaning. For so sure. it's, uh, Very true. Yeah. It's a huge part of the whole process. Yeah. It was never like a hazing thing. He was no, no, no. <laughs> just, we both had to clean. It's the yeah. non-glamorous side of the of what's going on. And that's yeah. kind of, But that's kind of the beauty of it. We just kind of always, we just like hit the ground running with it. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a... A mechanical engineer by 
trade. So it's like that kind of stuff is like easy for me to pick up on. So it's kind of right. like we just just went with it. Just, you know? yeah. just, it was kind of natural, you know. And um, yeah. he's, he's a, a chef degree in quality. Yeah, right. right. You're a yep. chef. Uh, once upon a time. That leads me to another question. We'll, we will get to the beer, I promise. But but you're a mechanical engineer. You're a chef. Uh, are, is this your full-time job now, this brewery? No. Or are you both? It's just a part-time. No, no, you part have time. real jobs. Yeah, yeah yep. you have real jobs. I, I, it's, it's a second full-time job. Honestly, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's not. It's not. You're not 100 percent here. 100 percent of the no. time. No. Okay. I He's, mean, we're 100 percent here, right? Mentally, we're also, but not, <laughs> but not physically all the time. All right. All right. Let's talk about some beer. And there's some beer here. I'm just gonna say, the beer here is uh, amazing. Yeah. And and very boozy. Yeah. Um. Well, does it taste boozy or just no, hits you like it's boozy? No, it does not taste right? boozy. It hits you. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, all your beers, looking at your beers before we came, I think the lowest ABV was 7.7%. Yeah. And that was out of, a, what, a dozen beers? Out of a dozen beers or so, We yeah. do have one outlier that's like 6%. It's not on tap. Not on tap right now. But but you don't talk about that one? Yeah. No, it's a really delicious beer. I brewed that beer yesterday, actually. Oh, cool. If you you are the type that needs to crush beers, it's perfect for you. Yeah. 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 As opposed to... Or the type that needs to have one. Yeah, right. Enjoying (laughs) each sip, you know. (laughs) They're so good, though. It's hard to sip them slow. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the... Yeah. That is the... Well, we always say drink better, not more, but then in... Parentheses and and small, yeah. (laughs) Drink more anyways. (laughs) But what's the philosophy behind the high ABV? I mean, what what, did you always do it brewing that way? Yes. Well, that's the way I started brewing. Okay. The way I got introduced, I didn't drink beer in high school, and uh, you know, I mean to wrap myself out i mean i had like a toasted almond when i turned 21 i didn't even really <laughs> like beer right and uh i was finishing up my my culinary degree and i was working for a belgian guy and uh he turned me on to belgian beer um you know we would go in do prep then we'd meet in the in the uh, dining room go over our you know plan of attack for the for the night and he'd let us all have a glass of beer or a glass of wine and i saw the first time i was there i was like well i just have a glass of wine i don't really like beer not mm-hmm. knowing the belgian tradition you know this was like 2000 something yeah. like that you know and uh 1999 somewhere around there <laughs> and he was like he just looked at me like he wanted to just kill me instantly (laughs) (laughs) he's like ah you dumb american you've just never had a good beer and i was like for sure (laughs) 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 you know and so all i'd been exposed to was what you know not to american shout out but yeah exactly right so uh but he gave me a delirium tremens for my first beer and i was like just and that's a beer it just blew my mind so i and so then i realized i was kind of at like the disneyland of beer you know so i started going through and drinking beer from belgium belgium and i realized um in my mind at least that they were all stronger than mm-hmm. regular beer you know and so i just started going to beer stores and, and and looking at the abv and so i immediately was just drawn to it, it seemed more flavorful to me i, I don't know it's it just probably in my head but 
That well, kind of led that, to the it's philosophy. Also, it's also 20 years ago. So in the in the context of the beers that right. were available, right. you generally knew. I mean, I remember back then, like you knew if you were getting a beer that had a higher ABV that it was right. a crafted beer. It's not right. an American right. 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 The higher the ABV, the more somebody had paid attention and to me. I, I think the, the, you know, the beer store near me stocked some, a bunch of Pennsylvania stuff. And so we had like wire, Weyerbacher and... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, their Mary Monks was wonderful Victory. and Victory, Golden Monkey and, you know, things like that. Right. And, yeah. Well, yeah. from a chef's perspective, he's looking at, he's like, more ingredients, higher alcohol content, more right. flavor. More, right. right. Like, exactly. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of flavor in these beers. Thank <laughs> you. Yes, yeah. the, the, the beers that you make now. But that's a, it's an interesting approach that coming from a chef's point of view, Richard, the way you, you think about the flavor in the beer, and it definitely comes out in the kind of beers that, that we've had since we've been here and, and the flavor that you're, that you're putting into this. So some of this stuff, like yeah. the, the ginger Brent, which, right. you know, I don't know if it'll be on when you listeners come out here, but there's cinnamon, ginger. It's, it's, it's our holiday beer. Yeah. You know, instead of doing a pumpkin beer. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's it's delicious. Thank it's you. kind of a holiday beer it that is. kind of crosses a lot of holidays, you know. Right, right. <laughs> From Thanksgiving past uh, January. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll keep it around pretty much fall through winter. So. Yeah. It's good. Mm. No, it's mm. really good. If it didn't have lactose, I'd drink a lot more of it. <laughs> right. It's not really not a lot of lactose anyways. It just kind of helps balance I feel like with these dessert beers, they almost need a little lactose to round out the flavor of a dessert beer. Like that, it I think adds you're right. I really of, do. There's a smoothness it adds that yeah, just keeps yeah. the the kinds of flavors you put you're putting in a beer like that. It helps that it helps you focus on on those flavors. Mouthfeel too. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's why it's why a pumpkin pie works, and it's not pumpkin at all. But it's well, the reason a pumpkin pie works is because the texture of the pumpkin mm-hmm. makes those spices like. Like yep. really pop, right. you yep. know. If you had that in a different kind of in a, super in a, dense, you know, yeah. If you had it in right. a gel, those 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 spices in a like a gel or a jelly kind of thing, it wouldn't taste it as much, right? right. So anyway, taste good. Just beer too. Sorry, I just went off on like the whole thing dessert really. style, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I I like a little bit a little bit of milk sugar in there. Anyway, sorry, Adam. No, that's okay. Yeah, I have to ride in a car with you all the way home, so I'm not any of the lactose. Yes, be very glad. <laughs> so in addition to the high ABV, you also say that you're brewers of nonconformist ales. What exactly do you mean by that? That was when we first started brewing, mm-hmm. Richard was kind of, uh, he took like the culinary approach to beer. Like these are the ingredients. Like I'm going to try to make a beer that I want to drink based on a conception of like what I want that beer to taste like with disregard to what, what beers are labeled. You know, we didn't brew necessarily to a specific style. Um, Mm. he was brewing beers with yeasts that he figured out that he liked to use, um, ingredients that he liked to use, alcohol contents that he liked to drink. (laughs) Right. Well, Uh, that was all part of the yeast selection was finding yeast that, Right, you know, and and then just ha- coming from my like introduction into true beer, what I say, you know, at, from the Belgian perspective, I always liked their kind of philosophy. I feel like the Belgians were nonconformist. You know, they they didn't stick to a very strict brewing guideline. You know, nothing like the Germans uh, with the Reinheitsgebot or yeah, right. however you pronounce that word. But 
pretty good. Um, <laughs> that was good. Yeah. And, you know, we just wanted to, you know, I think our brewing style is strong beer, mm-hmm. right? And then our philosophy is uh, just a nonconformist approach to brewing where we are not really concerned with style guidelines. We're just trying to make a beer that we want to drink. You know, we're going for something, a, a certain taste. And that, that's kind of why we opened in the way that we opened as far as size. You know, this is very much a proof of concept kind of brewery that we have right now. We didn't want to get in too much over our heads with um, the scale of our system without having better proof of what people were going to um, think about our beers. So basically, that's why we're three barrel brewery. We wanted the freedom to brew what we want. and kind of just go from there um like i said earlier kind of like that the slow snowball kind of thing the tortoise uh, from yeah. the tortoise in the hair right, right. 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 Yeah, slow yeah. and steady slow and steady you know we don't want to get a big loan and have to be wor- you know have to wake up in the middle of the night worried about servicing some giant loan right right so we just came in you know kind of self-funded doing it the way we could do it you know he's a mechanical engineer so he can build pretty much anything and I'm pre- I'm a pretty good hammer, so <laughs> I, point, I point and say, "Go hammer!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. What do I need to do? Okay, I got yeah. it. Right. Yep. Well, that's a great way to make a brewery. Yeah, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah, I mean, he welded the 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 frame there for the for the brew house, and uh, you know, we cut the concrete out here for this drain, and I mean, build these walls, built this cooler, build these tables out of our original fermenters. Oh wow. The bar up front is welded and all everything here is pretty much all if you homemade. look at it, it's done by us. You know, yeah. it's all like all these shelves here. Yeah. What's well, now that we're talking about about sort of what we're what we're seeing, which of course anybody listening to the podcast can't until you come and visit Midnight Run Brewery. But let's talk a little bit let's start with your brew house. Like tell us a little bit about what your brew house is, what you're running, what your equipment's like and how much beer you're brewing. So, yeah, so we've got a three-vessel brew house, um, and it's three barrels. So it's, um, for people that don't know what a barrel is, it's 31 point whatever gallons per barrel. Um, so we've got a hot liquor tank, a mash tun, and a, uh, a kettle, a uh, boil kettle. So um, process is pretty simple. Part of the reason that we went to the system that we're doing now is because it's basically three times the size of our homebrew system. Mm-hmm. It's one that um, yep, people will that, see that when that they I'm, come here. Yeah, that I'm looking, uh, I'm looking right at. Uh, so we wanted to keep it simple and kind of in line with what we were comfortable with so that we could really uh, hit the ground running as far as the production went. We didn't – not too many questions. Basically an overgrown homebrew system that's a little – you know, more electronic than what we were using yep. before. Yep. How frequently do you have to brew? Well, I mean, we, again, this is our hobby grown out of control and we both still have full-time <laughs> jobs, right? So we can only dedicate logistically so much time, which is still a lot, but so we are brewing once or twice a, a week and yeah. servicing mostly our tap room and then just a few accounts around Frederick. Yep. All right. When we first opened, we didn't we weren't servicing anybody. That was you know we were just trying to get our beer out and you know get people drinking it. We when we opened uh, in our tap room, uh, we didn't have any tables. 
We, we, we didn't even have any stools. We just had the bar and like a ledge against a wall. We had to rent. We rented tables. Yeah, that's true. We did. That's right. We didn't have a sign either, right? No, no, we didn't. It was kind of, yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's been, it's it's still very much in the, in like the build out process. Like we're still working on some things in the tasting room and still this space back here is constantly evolving. Um, so so um, we opened with four beers and yep. no chairs and now we're up to 10 with like a few <laughs> 10 chairs or 10 beers we got at least 10 chairs <laughs> but we have 10 at beers least. on tap yep exactly well let's talk a little bit about the tap room like you built the what did you build out there? Every brewer, I, everything you look at, all the tables, all the, the tables. bar, everything you can see was built by us. Right. Wow. Except for the stools, uh, we we bought the stools. Right. Right. Um, and we did not install the toilets, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the, the bathrooms. Good, good the, move. Yeah. The bathrooms Neither were here. Plumber, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bathrooms were here. Yep. Um, um, but, but that's 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 typical of a lot of a lot of brewers, um, and I I love that like. We've been to tons of places. We've been to a lot of breweries, yeah. and and when we talk to brewers, a lot of them are like, "Yeah, we built the tables, we built the benches, we built the we built the bar, yep. you know." And and it uh, just makes like, for very unique and really nice, yeah, tap rooms. Really, it's really. just like a craftsman yeah. mentality, I think, mm-hmm. for people that are, you know, crafting beers, like interested in other things as well. So it's um, certainly come in handy, I would say. Because we've been able to do a lot of it ourselves, and right. um, the design. I mean, we're not gonna. We can't take credit for the design out there. We've got a um, a guy that we met early on that basically designed. He was like, "This is a super gray. It was just painted gray." He was like, "This is a a gray, a very gray wall. Like it's a palace. Like just wide." <laughs> <open>. <laughs> he, he liked the beer, and he's like, "I can help you with this wall. Let right. me let me give you some <laughs> options." So so he like put a bunch of options out and of course we were like ah let's do the hardest one which is like the 3d <laughs> with the back yeah. so he put the design together and we implemented it and that's kind of we're trying to spread it around the, t- the tasting yeah. room there and um, went up to a mennonite mill and got some rough cut right. wood that yeah. still has you know the blade marks on it actual <laughs> actual barn wood mm-hmm. but uh, cleaned it and stained it yeah uh, that was a process wow so this being like your second career, mm. what hours does your tap room have and days? Oh, I mean, they were open pretty fair amount of days considering we opened, started opening Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And now mm-hmm. we have Sunday and Wednesday hours. Yeah. Okay. You had a so, couple of days okay. since you opened? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've got a wonderful staff um, that we're here Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays from 5 o'clock to 10 o'clock, Saturdays from one o'clock to 10 o'clock and Sundays from one to seven. Um, so we're open your pretty standard brewery hours, I would yeah, say uh-huh, for yeah. breweries that aren't open the whole week. Um, but yeah, so that like Richard was saying, it's been kind of a process of from when we first opened to now um, we've, we've organically kind of found a lot of people that wanted to work with us um, and work at midnight run. So um we're really appreciative of them and uh certainly they've been helpful in us kind of getting our beers out there and into glasses for people excellent all right so you're two years in uh you talked about it as a can't remember the words you used but like prototype or or um what, what were the words he, he used 
Proof, Proof of, of concept. concept. Yeah. 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 Pilot, yeah. Pilot. Pilot project. Yeah. So, so, okay. So what, what's next for, for midnight, midnight run brewing and get like, what's, what are you, what are your goals? What are you aiming for? And sort of what's coming up in the it, nearer that, that you want to tell people about or be, ex- or want folks to be excited about? Oh, well, we have a crowler machine now <laughs> for for a little bit of time, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I think we like to do a lot more to go beer. You know? All right, that's a big. Thing. Well, we have two sizes too, so we have the thirty-two ounce and then the seven hundred fifty milliliter twenty-five point nice. four ounce right. size crowler. Wow! Because I mean, at ten percent yeah, or yeah, the beers, mm, the beers, are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but solo crushing a quart is probably dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot of beer. But you can 9%. might be able to handle twenty five point four ounces. Yeah, that's not so bad. I mean, <laughs> don't drive. Yeah. Trust me, I can barely do a podcast at this point. Uh, yeah. Um, I think grand. Uh, the grand scheme though is we opened up the space, realizing it was a good fit for us. It was in a good location with parking and. Um, it was plenty for what we wanted to do. I think within the space, we'll probably expand a little bit to a point where we can start canning some beers. Um, and then eventually once we get to a point where it's time to renew our lease, we'll think about, okay, do we want to go offsite? Do we want to go a little bit bigger? Right. Um, I think there's no real cap as far as how big we want to be. I mean, we want right. to, we want to brew beer that we love to brew and love to drink that and we want that those beers to be loved by the brewing community as well and um you know supply will meet demand and uh that's kind of i mean our goal is just to to get as big as we're able to get really i mean we don't want to be I should say within a <laughs> within a reason, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't even um, maxed out this space, you right, know, by right, far. Yeah. We're, so we're, we're so we're, small, and right. I'm not in a rush to to get out of here either. Yeah, you know, no. I I like the space. This place is growing. It gives us what we want. We, you know, yeah. that was the whole point of picking this space. You know, yeah. And um, if you haven't outgrown it, then no, for sure. Yeah. No, yeah, we're not. No. Even, I mean, we're not mm. even close. No. And everything I was saying was because we're so small. It's like. Right. <laughs> Being really big is not that is not that big. Um, but, <laughs> you know, if we get to the point where I don't think we'll ever leave this space, um, maybe we would um, turn this bigger, into like a sour fermentation, else, right? wild oh, yeah. fermentation with right. a tasting room and go somewhere else to do more of a production thing. But. You, know. you guys thinking about the sour stuff? You didn't. You oh well, we did. We used to brew sours. You know, really? Yeah. Have mixed, you, mixed have fermentation. you done any here? Not here. No. Nah. I mean, we've done sours, but just the simple sours. Not, right. Right. Yeah, right. Nothing. Yeah. I guess it's no, a, no, no. Um, wild yeast or you know, pediococcus or long, lactobacillus yeah. or any of that long duration fermentation. Right. Right. Like that. One of our. And best, we did that as home beers, as yeah. home brewers, but. One of our best beers that we made kind of it was like right before we decided to open this was that Krampus right. Krampus X. That was just right. like so it was a holiday a beer. Yeah. Twelve month wild fermentation with well, we did some with pear and some yeah, right. without. Right. Wow. wow. <laughs> and You're a complex homebrew. <laughs> well he had a, he had this he had this huge pear tree in his backyard that was like the branches were literally drooping because right. it had it so was many just, yeah, blowing up. So we you had to do something, right? Yep. <laughs> Opportune, exactly. And that beer turned out. So I don't know. Some people see a pear tree, other people see beer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard Cobble, yes. Thank you for joining us, right. man. This has Appreciate been great, it. Brent Turner. Thanks for coming out here.
Thank you both so Absolutely. much. It's we've a- uh, we've had a blast. These beers are really super flavorful. Appreciate um, it. You, they don't taste boozy. They just feel boozy. Right on. <laughs> yeah. But the flavors are just amazing. Yeah. And there's such a range over the, know, I've tried probably five, six beers today. And it's, yep. it's a, They've you know, all been great. The, all been great from Very the hazy flavorful. IPA to like the, the spicy, the spicy stout. And then the, uh, the blonde ale. Yep. Uh, yeah, higher intelligence, higher intelligence right, uh, yeah. the Belgian cherry. golden quad aged on cherries yeah that was yeah. pretty amazing yeah. white sexual chocolate white sexual chocolate, white sexual chocolate. Barrel barrel wild turkey barrel yeah uh, that's pretty good also Cocoa delicious nibs. Uh, the, we already talked a little bit about the ginger brand um, right gotta love that beer just there are just so i would i would tell all the listeners like if if you want to come up to frederick first of all there's a lot of great breweries up here no doubt but you should definitely try this place you should definitely sample several different beers because the right. range of styles and like you said it's not these are not style specific <laughs> but the no, range of styles right. of kinds of beer that you can get with really but, complex but they're flavors. flavorful right it's just just amazing it's really wonderful make so. strong beer make it taste good right a couple things. Um, so kind of speaking to the, the number of beers or the types of beers, like our, our tap list will probably never be the same. Um, we brew a lot. We have got a lot of recipes, so we kind of cycle through them. I mean, we don't have, we're not, we're not a brewery that brews one beer and moves on to the next. We have these recipes that we continue to redo, but our tap list will always be evolving, um, seasonally and, um, just based on, create you know the creative right. uh, nature of brewing and right. thursday nights are really good nights to come up here because richard and i try to be in here on thursday nights excellent um right because generally we're brewing or kegging or cleaning right but thursday nights we try and hang out in the tap room right drinking yeah, exactly. right <laughs> <laughs> drinking talking about beer <laughs> Hey, you got to drink it, man. You got to. (laughs) It's It's truly like the circle of life. (laughs) The the purpose of the beer. That's the only way you can clean up. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, to find out more about Midnight Run Brewing, check the show notes for the podcast. Remember, you can get the most comprehensive listing of everything happening in craft beer in the DMV at dcbeer.com and at dcbeer on all the social media channels. Um, we're getting really close to, you know, New Year's and various holidays. And so we wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Right. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. How'd you hear about Midnight Run? How did we get onto your radar? That's a good question. Adam, you brought it up. I did. Um, there were two things. One, I found it on... I believe it was the Maryland Brewers Association website. Oh, okay. And I also heard the podcast you had with the Frederick News Post. Yeah, Chris. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll and, see you next week. And remember, always drink great beer. 